Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Manny Talks. This is Manny Dela Cruz, and as always, I want to thank you for making yourself available to listen into this conversation. It's already November 2020; has certainly been a punch in the face for a lot of people. But uh, look, we're getting out of it. I certainly feel the momentum. Um, if you have been following the news at all, things are not great in oil and gas. Uh, all of the majors, including the company I work for, have made some, uh, we'll just say, announcements and. and and certainly that takes its toll uh, in, in, uh, for, for people that are involved in those cases. And, and look, it's not just an oil and gas. The industry and the economy as a whole has been affected. So if you're one of those folks, my heart goes out to you. Uh, certainly um, best wishes and, and look, have some faith and, and that you do uh, either are pursuing, if you're a student, that you either are pursuing a STEM. I still think STEM degrees are going to be by far one of the most valuable things that you can get. And if you're out there as a professional and you have a STEM degree, uh, the sun will shine again. So since the last time we spoke and then we had an opportunity to make a, to get together in a, in a conversation, uh, October has come and gone. So hopefully everybody here celebrated or had a uh, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. I certainly uh, learned a lot about what it meant to me and uh, I shared a couple of posts on Instagram about being a Tejano and what that meant. And I kind of used my love for music, went down a rabbit hole about Tejano music and its origins. And I didn't finish out that project the way I wanted to, but look, uh, it's a, it was a great place to start. And I certainly uh, will continue to finish that. We've also had multiple national conventions. So the SHIP National Convention has come and gone. Another one in the books. Uh, the team did a fantastic job going virtually. So my hat's off to everybody who was involved in making that happen. Uh, I was blessed uh, this year to be awarded a, a star award. So thank you for the support from Region 5 and the Lobos for uh, supporting me and, and, and helping me become the uh, professional role model for Region 5. That was certainly a great uh, work too. I was fortunate enough to have received a recognition by the, Ex by the Exxon Mobil Chemical Company, specifically the Basic Chemicals Division, also for my work in inclusion and diversity certainly is awesome to be laying it out out here out in the public uh, and doing stuff internally where, where I work and getting recognition on both sides. I don't do it for the recognition, but it's certainly nice. And I hope that others see it as an example uh, and, as, a, as a way to show that there is a path from, in my case, being, and you've heard me in other episodes talk about being a freeloading pizza eater when you first start showing interest in joining SHIP or an organization or starting to get that STEM degree to actually uh, paying it forward, which is thankfully where I'm at now. In this conversation, so uh, we have the opportunity, or I had the opportunity, to sit down with this uh, very incredible young lady. Her name is Diana Iracheta. And, um, when I first heard about her, I met her, I started seeing some of her content pop up in my feed and I had forgotten where the connection was, but she had also been featured on a podcast of one of my friends, Bra Braulio Reyes. So he has an interview that he did also uh, himself. And so anyways, I started following her and look, she's a huge advocate for uh, female in STEM. She's uh, originally was born in Monterrey, Mexico, and her, and her family right, migrated when she was 12 years old. She's graduated from uh, with a bachelor's of mechanical engineering from NIU uh, back in 2019. She currently works as uh, with uh, Method Electronics as a manufacturing engineer. She's an entrepreneur. She has uh, her own line of, I'll just call it merchandising, all around promoting uh, women in STEM and 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 she's since uh, oh, oh, 
got together and helped organize making National uh, Latina Engineering Day. She recently uh, was also recognized by her alma mater. And I just saw that she's going to be an author. So she's going to be contributing her story to uh, the uh, STAR program. And I'm probably butchering that. And I'll make sure that I include some of this information in the links. But look, all around a... And oh, and I forgot to mention. So she's only been a professional for about a year and a half. So she's been getting at it. She has a wonderful story. She came on with me and we were able to have a conversation uh, about her path and where her thoughts are. So as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for making yourself available. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed making it. So mm-hmm. I, I, first thing I want to, I've been asking a lot of people recently is like, hey, how have you been doing with this whole COVID pandemic? And I'm interested in hearing people's uh, uh two sides of it. Like, Hey, on a personal level, I don't want you to put all your business out there, but I'm sure there, you know, it's interesting. (laughs) I want people to hear, Hey, we're human. Right. And these are some of the personal adjustments and certainly, uh, professionally too. Right. So you have been a professional for about, let's say a year, a little over a year and a half. Right. So there were certainly some adjustments there. So what's it been like for you the last several months? Well, it's been crazy. Uh, I remember that everything started like shutting down and people started working from home. And I was at work that day and uh, I came back from lunch and I was like, are we going to work from home? Are we closing down? And we weren't. We are an essential business because we work, we make parts for the military and I'm a manufacturing engineer. So we have to be there. So most of the people at work, uh, in the office, work from home, and I was one of the four or five people that had to stay to help out the factory. So it was it was pretty interesting. Everybody was gone in the offices. We were like four people. We felt really lonely at the beginning. It was an emotional roller coaster for myself, like just being home. Like I had just moved to a different place. I was trying to figure out like what to do. So now it's better. Now people are coming back now, but. I've got a lot of times questions like, how did this affect? How are you working from home? And I was like, I've never worked from home. I've been going every single day to work. And yeah, so it's been like one day we start wearing masks and then the next day we start, you know, doing all these procedures. And we've been going along as is. Things are changing, but, you know, we never stop working. Okay, well, that's good. See that? And so you were, and that's, that's key there. And I think that your role has a lot to do with that, right? Like there's, it was uh, very evident uh, with a lot of industry, like, hey, what roles were necessary for people to be out in the field doing stuff? And like my job, hey, I've been able to do that my job from from home. I've certainly had to learn a lot. Like it, I, I had never worked from home before. And I was like, oh, this is going to be nuts with the kid. And I'm going to get distracted. I got all my instruments here. Like I'm going to have a hard time like staying focused. And it did take some adjustment. And I had always been one that was like, nah, work from home is not for me. Or like online studies, not for me. Like I need the discipline of going somewhere. And this has certainly like forced me to kind of kind of learn, uh, learn a few things, but in any event, yeah, it's always, uh, again, uh, it, it's always interesting to hear uh, different perspectives on how the last few months have gone. And so look, I said, we were going to jump right in 
and I'll stay it again. You have a huge uh, footprint out there, so I really encourage folks to to, to go to and find uh, find the original articles and, and kind of things that I'm going to kind of reference. I'm going to put all that in the show notes. But I want to jump right in. So you were and correct me if I mispronounce some of these because I want you know I, I want to make sure some of these were like how do I say this? So one of them is you did an interview uh, with uh, Tech Tech Talks. And, and in yes. that, you were talking about uh, about mentorship. Well, you were asked the question, hey, have you had a mentor? You said, no, not at the time, but you mentored some. So that kind of caught my attention because you are early career and you say you didn't have one. Is that still the case? Has that changed? Well, I, I've always considered my dad a mentor because he's an engineer himself. So a lot of the times when I was really getting exposed to that area, he was always there to like, you know, understand that because he also saw, you know, the gap of females in, in STEM and engineering, even when he was in school. Um, and then the other thing is at work, you know, I see my boss as my mentor. You know, I'm doing hopefully the job that I hope to eventually have one day, you know, going like at the next level from manufacturing to like a manager position. So from there is a lot of learning. It's a lot of, you know, technical stuff that you're learning, but also how to like go about because I've only been working for a year and a half. So it's like, how do you do this? How do you have these conversations? Like it's a lot of learning and I mean, they're not like official mentors, but there's always those people that, you know, are helping you along the way. No, you make a good point, right? Like here at the beginning, it's like you're just new. So you got to kind of learn. So it's natural. I think uh, like I like what you said, like, well, my boss, like there's a lot to learn there right here initially. And you, you call it kind of a, an unofficial mentorship, but you're right. Like at the beginning, I think that's okay where your immediate supervision or some of those immediate senior people that you're working with, right, can kind of have mm-hmm. a lot have a lot uh, to share. And the reason I ask that, right, and so look, it, something per, something on the personal level that I have been trying to educate myself and 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 get better at has been this uh, being an ally for women in industry. Right. So as a man, it, it, there's a lot uh, of uh, there's a there's a lot of things that can be difficult. Right. It doesn't, you know, that, that that can be that way. And so that when I when I was hearing your story, that was just trying to give you a little context as to why in the back of my head it was something that kind of peaked. I know you are a huge advocate for 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 women in engineering, specifically Latinas. In your conversations, have you has the topic come up ever or maybe uh, maybe maybe give me your opinion as to what you might think some of the difficult might difficulties might be for a a woman in engineering to find mentors uh, outside, you know, more formally within, within a, a workspace. I think at school, I was really lucky to always have mentors that were females in STEM, in engineering or in physics and whatnot. But now that I'm, you know, in the workfield, I'm, I'm working, it's a little bit harder. You know, I'm the only female engineer in our location. So it's, you know, you always have the vision. Like, I wish I meet like a Latina engineer, like that it's older than me, that has more experience, that can guide me through things that I'm going to. Because you do notice that, you know, like before me, it was always a man in my position. And now I'm here and, you know, things are a little bit different. Maybe I noticed that people are like, tell me something. And then they try not to be so rude. like, please. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'm not 
like this delicate thing that is going to get hurt because you didn't say please after asking me to do something. So it is, it's challenging. I mean, you have to understand what you're going into and that people also have to adapt and they're learning how to, you know, work with you. So it's, I think it's a learning process for both the girls, the Latinas, the women going into engineering and the environment that's already set. Okay. And look, and in that same article, you had talked about uh, aspiring to obtain a leadership role in engineering, and you actually said it here, uh, here in, in in the last uh, like uh, question that you answered. So I can tell that this was something, and I saw it sprinkled throughout other content that you were in about your desire to obtain a leadership role. So that. Again, uh, having been fortunate enough to get into leadership positions where I work at, I'm always curious as to what does that mean to people. So can you let me help me get in your head? I want to know from your <laughs> from your perspective when you say, "Hey, I want to be a leader in engineering." What does that mean? Well, I mean, besides from always trying to be the leader on teams since I was little, it's more like helping others, knowing that, you know, you got through some place, it was challenging maybe for you and going to the next step where now you're able to help those people. So like, even though I've only been working for a year and a half, the year after I was in, we had interns and I was literally the one that went and like try to find jobs for them, trying to guide them because it's, besides being a nature for me, you know, it's like, you went through all this, I've always wanted to give back. And I see leadership as that way, and able to mentor other people, to guide them, to be able to build something together. So when you see yourself like as this future leader in engineering, like what is, what is something that you see yourself accomplishing that you would say, yep, this has been, you know, you, you, you envision success as a leader? Well, um, I always want to grow in your career. I always want to learn more, to advance more. But other than that, just knowing that myself, I want to see a Latina in a you know leadership leadership position role to guide me. If there's not one now, maybe I can be the one, and I can help others when when they get to that place that I am right now. See, and this is this is to me. I love the way you answered, by the way, because to me, I I've seen a couple of different answers, right? And so one one a set of people might hang out in the space like, well, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to get in and you're supposed to try and climb, you know, climb the ladder and and rise to the top and and be the best at what you do. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then there's, you know, there's also the 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 other others that say that think that hey, you they want to be in charge, they want to have the title like and they want to have uh, the, the credibility that goes with it. And that's okay. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but that's another version. I like what you said, like you, and, 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 and I, I aspire to live in that same camp, right? Which is where like, Hey, I want to help people. And I'll be honest, like when I first became a supervisor, uh, I think I was more in the, in the, in the first example that I got, like, I was like, Hey man, like I got in, I want to do good in my career. The next progression is to be a supervisor. That's what you're supposed to do. And it wasn't until I was a supervisor that I started to deal with people like the people, the human components, uh, about, you know, trying to balance life and trying to balance career and trying to balance, you know, illness and, and mental health. Like, those are all things that as a supervisor, as a leader of a group, 
you will have to deal with. So I'm often like part of when I talk to, to folks that tell me that they want to be leaders, I'm like, just understand, hopefully you understand what you're asking for. Cause it's not just title and recognition and, and being lucrative. So anywho, I think, uh, I think you're in the, I think you're headed for the right direction, right? Like keep that mentality <laughs> of wanting to help people. The rest of it, uh, kind of falls, uh, into place. Not that you asked for my opinion, but I'm just giving you, <laughs> I'm just giving you some background. So one thing that you're a, a, so talk to me a little bit about all the work that you do uh, to try and, and promote uh, women in engineering and, and kind of tackle some of the stereotypes that might be out there. So, I mean, it started because when I was in school, I felt lonely. I felt like, you know, I was one in a pool of men. And sometimes I felt like it was just different. You know, I was an immigrant. I was a woman. I was staying home. I wasn't living on campus. So I wanted to see, like, what like what can I do? Maybe I have something to share. So I started sharing and I started meeting people. And from there, I started learning about what, what I could do so it started as a blog and then I opened my Instagram page and that's when I connected with a lot of women in STEM but more specifically I connected with Latinas in in engineering and in STEM and that has taught me a lot and that has made me you know the happiest because I wish I had those connections when I was in in college when I was going through the difficult times when I felt like you know it was just me Uh, so I want to do I want to do that, that people have access to learning about what engineering is, that it's not, that while it's a male-dominated field, you can do whatever you want with engineering. Any area that you might have interested, you can do it. And that's, those are gaps that I see where if I ask my sister that's 15 years old what engineering is, she has not a clear idea. She doesn't know that she can go into fashion and do engineering or sports and do engineering. She, she chooses engineering as a major and maybe not so attractive because she can't, she, nobody has explained it well enough where she knows all the options that she has, not just in engineering, but in STEM in general. So that's some of the things that I tried to focus on, trying to cover the gaps where, where I can show that this is what really you can get into. It's just a way of thinking. And so have you, and you mentioned that you, you kind of, it, it, it was a, you saw the challenge or the potential challenge when you were in school. Have you seen any of the challenge in your early in your career? I think it's more for me it was more in school personally once I got into the work field I was my coworkers were always welcoming they were always helping me if I had questions I've always felt really supported it was more you know those four or five years when I was in school when I was trying to convince myself that I could do it so I think that's the crucial time that we don't give up during those years once you make it uh, people are getting used to having women in engineering and they're happy to it and they're welcoming that's good. I'm glad that that's what your your experience has been uh, uh, for sure, right? Because you, I think that speaks to uh, where industry's trying to go, right? Where where professional environments are wanting to go, realizing that hey, there has to be some uh, sensitivity and empathy and understanding and wanting to include, right? And and kind of have that be an element of what makes up. Uh, makes up your brand. So I'm glad, I'm happy that that's kind of the, the experience that, that you have had, that you have had. Uh, so tell me about, uh, and let's talk about the, the entrepreneurial side of you, right? So you do have uh, <laughs> a line of merchandise. So tell us about that. 
uh, I have a line of it's clothing, it's like accessories, like mugs, water bottles and whatnot. But it honestly started without me wanting to start anything. I We got some equipment that my family had and I made a sweater for myself. And then I made some stickers and people started asking me where I got them, if I was selling them. And there was one person that actually came out to me like, I'm going to buy you a set of these mini stickers for like the mantis that I have. And I was like, okay, like I'm not, I don't even know how to like how, how to sell them to you. So we figured that out and then from there... I was like, you know, we have all the equipment. Let's go for it. Let's. My mom always wanted me to like sell stuff and start something. And I always hated it. So I was like, let's go for it. I mean, it's something that I like. You're very not likely to find a shirt in pink that says engineer or ingeniera or anything. So I started from there. And I think my Instagram page has helped me out a lot to promote the online shop that I have. And, you know, I just make things that I, I like myself that I would wear that will make me feel, you know, I'm an engineer and I'm proud of it. I'm going to wear it. And I wear them every Friday. Like, whatever I have, I, I take it to work. And if people want to buy them, if they that's going to help them feel more confident to, you know, be a, become an engineer, then I'm, I'm happy to to do that. That's pretty cool, and I like how you, I like how you said that. How you said that, right? Like, hey, it was something that was there. It was something that was always in the back of your maybe from your mom's side, right? And wanting to to wanting to include her, and and in that, right? So I kind of want to roll into that transition, right? You mentioned your dad as a mentor, and you talked about your mom. And I, if anyone who even searches your name, like one of the first few things that pops up is those videos that you did with your parents, right? Part of your content. <laughs> Like you said, this was like a family affair, right? And 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 for context, and it's awesome to to, to, to know that you had that. In, when I say encouragement, like I know the story, right? So I'm kind of, I'm trying to pick parts here. I mean, your dad's an engineer, right? Your mom also worked in in in, in the technical field. Neither one of them really pushed you to be an engineer, but kind of the stars aligned or whatever, and here you are, right? But one thing that was yeah. one thing that was constant there uh, was that support. So I want to hear from you. Tell me why do you feel that it's important to your, include your parents in the content that you're doing now? I think the the two things that I have in my mind whenever I think about this is one, they always told me that an education was what. Thing that they were going to give me that that was going to get me places and then the second thing was that they always just told me that I could do whatever I wanted as long as I put my like everything I had into that so if I decided to be anything else than an engineer I knew they were going to support me as long as they saw that I was passionate about that and that was I think the most important thing because I had the confidence to look through all the degrees that I could have gotten and I picked the one that I truly like and it was not like my parents want me to be a doctor or they want me to be a lawyer or they want to be a teacher. It was there wasn't that pressure, but there was also that confidence of you can do whatever you want. And they never brought up the topic of, you know, not because you're a woman, not because you're a minority. It was never that was never like a stopping point. And I also like from your story was that, hey, you staying close was a, your decision. Right? Like you were the one that wanted to stay close. It didn't seem like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it didn't seem like there was family pressure there to just stay in one place and not leave the nest. Is that a fair description? 
Yeah, uh, well, we we migrated when I was a teenager and we're the only ones here, just my parents, my siblings and me. So to me, you know, they're my family. We're us five. And if I were to go away to college, I wouldn't have been all right. I knew I was going to miss them. I knew it was going to affect me more than, you know, it was going to help me be in a way. So and my dad would also travel a lot. So I always wanted to be there for them to support them wherever I want wherever I could so it was you know for me it was more important to be close to them even though I had to drive to school back and forth than going to school having the college experience and living over there so I want to get your opinion it seems like you had a very positive experience with your parents and supporting you and so on so I kind of want to break that story down a little bit and just hear your opinion uh, specifically for Latino parents, and I've and, and I'm, I just want I want to hear your answer, and then maybe I'll fill in some context as to why I'm asking you after uh, we kind of see what your thoughts are. But I want your thoughts on like what do you think are some things that Latino parents do? Like, but let's do pro cons. Like, what are some of the things that Latino parents do great uh, for their children that are trying to aspire to something that they don't understand, and maybe something that you think that maybe they that might be hindering. I think the support is great because we're really close. Like Latino families are really close uh, within each other. But I think, for example, with me, sometimes like I would try to make my mom go to campus with me just to look at how, you know, the school I went to. And she would, wouldn't really go, even though she was the most supporting person for me to keep going to school and getting educated. Sometimes I felt like, get involved like there's no and she also had that limit where she knows English but it's not a hundred percent so it made her feel uncomfortable but to me I have never had a problem with you know translating for her or like having her with me and it was that challenge where at some point she might thought that I would want to keep her out of it when it was never the case so it was that was one of the challenges that we had that I wanted her to get get her involved in what I was doing. And sometimes there was that like, maybe yes or no. And that was challenging for me because I wanted them, you know, if I wanted to just show her around, I wanted her to come with me. And sometimes that wouldn't happen. Okay. And any, so, so, and the reason that I was asking is, so I, I, there are, I've, I've talked to different students, right. Or different early career professionals. And one thing that, that maybe prevented them from maybe seeing all the opportunities that they could get into was uh, the, the, their parents not wanting them to leave, right? Like, hey, you can do anything you want here. You got, you have to stick around. It's your responsibility to stay attached to the family unit. If you leave, it's like abandonment and you're being selfish, Uh and so what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, do you know of it, that being a challenge or have you, what, what advice would you give somebody that might be maybe going through something like that? Well, with my family, I don't think I felt it so strongly. Like even with my siblings, they tell them if, you know, my sister's always talking about going to Florida for school and they encourage her to go to Florida. And with me, they never told me not to go. But I also felt like if I left, it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a sad time. It was, I'm, I'm the oldest one and you leave the house. I mean, in Mexico, you don't leave your home until you get married. Yeah. So that's a challenge where it's like things completely change here. So it is challenging. I think it comes case by case. In my case, I had the opportunity to stay 
home and go to a school and drive back. But I, again, it's can you stay close and do the education that you want? Is it, do you have to put those compromises to get that education and then come back? It's I think it depends for family, honestly. And it is. And and look, I don't think there's a right answer in the different stories that I've heard. It's like, well, okay, if you're that, if it's if it's that negative, then maybe there has to be a, a, a line drawn in the sand that says, hey, I am going to break away. And then you you progress or whatever. But uh, at the same time, I'm with you. I, I know of stories where it's been more of a compromise. I know uh, I did a, a past episode uh, with some friends that I work with that uh, when, when, uh, when uh, Jessica Lanis is the, is the, is the story. And, and when she went and did her, her internship, like the whole family went, like she was, it was a paid internship and they all, the dad uh, was, I don't know if he had vacation or he wasn't working, but whatever the circumstances were like the two sisters, the mom and the dad, and on that internship money, they all went out to California. They all rented an apartment while she did her internship. So there's very creative ways to, to kind of deal with that, uh, with some of those, uh, I just say, oh, let's say traditional cultural kind of items that might might uh, be around that. You, you've been, let's go back, your early career, you've been in your job for about a, over, a little bit over a year and a half. So what do you think are some uh, challenges that you're, that you're going to be working through here as you move into the next, uh, cup, the next stage? I always tell people like the first two years, <laughs> after the first two years, you should kind of have an idea of what you need to work on. Where are you at with all that? Well, I mean, I started working before I was home at school, and that was a blessing that was really accomplished with that. I was like, I'm going to start working. I'm not even done with school. Uh, so it's a lot of learning. It was a transition from going to school to going to work. And I honestly, I've been here for a year and a half, and it's still like you've been working for a little bit, and I think those thoughts of like, if I move is, am I going to be, maybe what I've been doing here is something and I'm comfortable. Maybe if I move somewhere else, I'm not going to be as smart enough to be an engineer. Maybe what I'm doing here is not really uh, good enough for other places. So there's always that fear of like, you're going to, if you want to advance, it's like, like, can I do it? So I think it's one of the most challenging things that I have when you start thinking about, you know, keep advancing and are you learning as much as you should have? Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm not going to lie. Early in my career, it was like, Ooh, I'm really good at this. And you want to kind of stick around, but uh, for what it's worth, it gets easier. I've, every job that I've had uh, in the last over nine years, every time that I've switched, I've been lost. I say they're not completely lost, but like enough to like, wow, this is completely, I got a lot to learn. And I think it sounds cliche, right? But you get out of your comfort zone or you get into an area uh, where you're not familiar. And that's, as they say, that's when uh, learning happens. So no, I think that's very typical. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a normal and that's good. And I think it's, uh, it's uh, common or familiar with a lot of uh, early career folks. So look, I I wanted to get a chance to talk with you, even if it was just for a little bit. I think you have an amazing story. I think the fact that you share it so openly and that you try to do it by writing it, videoing it, right, getting uh, on uh, on podcasts, 
is huge. And I, I don't think, uh, I, I guess I commend you for that, right? There's no, you don't have to do it, but you choose to do it because you believe in trying to help others. And that's, uh, and that's commendable for sure. So I always like, uh, to, to give the last word to some guests sometimes. So is there any advice that you would give an early career person or, you know, uh, a student, I'll let you pick. And what is, what is currently on your mind is the hottest advice that you need to give somebody. Uh, my favorite uh, phrase or quote or whatever you want to call it, it's feel the fear and do it anyways. And it's what has gotten me through whatever I've done. It's like, you know that you're going to be scared, but you have to do it. You have to understand that that's okay. And, you know, when I launched my blog, I was afraid. I was like, my English is not even the best, but I'm going to publish it. And if there's grammatical errors, that's fine. I'm here to share a story, not to share, like be that everything is correct uh you know going for engineering it was a challenge and I was afraid every single day but you know you don't give up and you keep fighting so just know that things are gonna make you scared it's gonna be okay you have to push through if you really want something so with that Diana thank you for taking the time to speak with us today thank you so much for having me